Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Numbers chapter 13. And if you enjoy this, make sure that you are liking the YouTube videos. You are rating us on the podcast. Make sure you're sharing this with people. And we just want to create a community where we are reading through God's Word every day, especially the book of Numbers. Because the overall idea of the book of Numbers is learning to trust God. And we're really learning values that we can use in everyday life. Do you know why it's important to read God's word every day? No matter what you're going through, read God's word. If you're going through something that is so specific that you're like, there's no way that God's word speaks directly to what I'm going through, read God's word anyway. Because what you're doing as you're reading God's word is you are learning the principles. You're learning the values of God's word. And many times, you know, the principles and the values can tell you what to do in situations. No, it may not speak to a specific situation, but it can give you the values to live by. And that value to live by will give you what to do. So we should read God's word. And today is one of those days. If I were to sum up the entire principle of this, and that is the life lesson is trust God. I know that seems like, well, yeah, what else? No, no, no. Trust God. Trust what God is doing. That if God is leading you to it, he is able to see you through it. That would be it. Trust God, because if God is leading you to it, God will lead you through it. What's, what's about to happen is tragic. It's a tragic thing. And the judgment of God is going to come on the generation that is alive at this moment, and it's going to condemn them to the wilderness. God is getting ready to send out some explorers, some spies, into the promised land. They've, they've, they're getting close. They're about halfway there to the promised land at this point. They've left the Mount Sinai, they're on their way to the Jordan River, which is the division line. And you cross over the Jordan River, you're technically in the land promised to Abraham. So they're about halfway there. And what God is instructing Moses to do is to send out explorers, adventurers, spies to get them excited, to tell the nation of Israel, this is what waits for you. This is supposed to be a joyous thing. If God brings you to it, he's going to be able to see you through it. But that's not what they come back with. And watch what happens. It is just absolutely just heartbreaking. But how many times do we do this as well? You ready? Get your NLT Bible out. Get your coffee ready. Here we go. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. The Bible says this. The Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and he sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders from Israel, from the camp of the wilderness of Paran. Now, these were the tribes and the names of their leaders. From the tribe of Reuben, Shemuel, Shemuah, son of Zachar. Simeon, from the tribe of Simeon, Shaphath, the son of Hori. From the tribe of Judah, Caleb, son of Jephunneh. From the tribe of Issachar, Igal, son of Joseph. From the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, the son of Nun. From the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, the son of Raphu. From the tribe of Zebulon, Gadiel, son of Sadai. From the tribe of Manasseh, the other son of Joseph, Gadai, the son of Susi. From the tribe of Dan, Amiel, the son of Gamale. Gamale. Mr. G-Man, from the tribe of Asher, Shethur, the son of Michael. From the tribe of Naphtali, you have Nabi, the son of Zosh- Shosheth. 
V-Man, and from the tribe of Gad, Gabuel, the son of Maki. Let's get this out of the way. I got no idea if I'm saying these right, okay? It just is what it is. All right, verse 16. These are the names of the men of Moses sent out to explore the land. Moses called Hosea, the son of Nun, by the name Joshua. So that's, once again, Joshua is Moses' right-hand man. He's second in command. He's the guy who goes and takes care of everything, kind of like his administrative assistant doing all the things. Here we go. Verse 17. Moses gave the men these instructions and sent them out to explore the land. He said, go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the, cor- of the crops that you see. It happened to be the season for harvesting and the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near Lebo Hamath. Going north, they passed through the Negev across at Hebron and Ahmen, Shashi, and Talmi, all descendants of Anak. That's where they lived. The ancient towns of Hebron was founded seven years before by the Egyptian city of Zoan. When they came to the valley of Eshkol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. They also brought back samples of pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkol, which means cluster, because the cluster of grapes the Israelite men cut down. Now, what happened was, is he told them, he said, listen, I want you to go. I want you to assess the area we're going to take over. Now, pause for a moment and realize there's a, a... first century Jewish historian named Josephus. He was a Jewish historian who'd been captured by the Romans and forced to chronicle the different um, history of the Jewish people, but also the conquest of Rome over the Jewish people. And Josephus talks a little bit about Moses. And according to Josephus, he says that the first 40 years that Moses spent in Egypt, he was trained in the house of Pharaoh. He would have learned Egyptian. He would have known the, the native tongue. There's, there's no, you know, don't, don't pay attention to the, to the old movies that act like Moses had no idea who he was. He knew exactly who he was. You know, he knew that he was adopted and all this kind of good stuff. But he was also trained in many ways. Jo, uh, Josephus says not only was he trained to know things, he was also trained as a military leader. And so Moses is the perfect man for the job. Not only does he know how to lead large groups of people, thank you, Egypt, but he also knows how to conduct how to conduct military campaigns, thank you, Egypt. And so Moses is not sitting here going, let's figure out if we can handle this. Moses is getting a battle strategy ready. He's, he's not asking if they think that uh, the Israelites can handle it. He's just wanting to know what he's working with. And they wanted to say, hey, this is great. But then they also are wanting to show that, man, this place is very fertile ground. They've already been working this land for a few years because it takes several years for a grapevine to grow. You know, they say that takes, I don't know, I think it's like eight years before you're actually able to get a good, ripe cluster of grapes. And then after that, it's going to take even longer for those clusters of grapes to continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So you're talking years of land cultivation that is happening before you're able to have a large cluster of grapes that is so big that it takes two people to to bring it back. So that's what they're saying is they're saying, man, they've been here a while. The land is really working out well. They've really cultivated for years. We're going to be able to go in and we're going to be able to take over and not have to work for years to get the land ready. That's, that's what this should have said. But watch what happens in verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israelites at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. 
They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country. The land is flowing with milk and honey. Here are the kinds of fruit it produces. Now, pause. You're going to hear that phrase a lot, milk and honey. The reason why they use milk and honey, milk comes from animals, which means that there are grazing land. It's land for animals to be sustained. Honey is because even back then, they realized that bees are one of the main animals, insects, that produce healthy crops because it's bees that get the pollen from one plant and take it to another and take it to another. So where there is you know, good land for farming, it means there's good land for livestock, but then when you see bees, you know that this is a healthy agricultural you know, cycle where things can grow. So what they're saying is, is the land is ready to be possessed. Milk means there's good land for crops. Honey means it's good land for farming. That, that's what it means, okay? Here's the kind of fruit it produces. It shows them the grapes, but... The people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. So they're saying, it is beautiful, but we can't take it. But... Caleb tried to quieten the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land all disagreed. We can't go up against them. We, they are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. And the land, the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw are huge we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. And so instead of this being a wonderful moment where God is, if nothing else, God is saying, let me show you what I'm about to do. You see all these people? I'm about to help you take over that. Moses is probably just sending a scouting report, so he knows how to begin planning for the military campaign. But instead, these people come back, and they are terrified because they forgot who their God is. They've already forgotten about all the things that happened in Egypt. They've already forgotten about all the different plagues and the parting of the Red Sea, the free donuts they get to eat every day. And they look at that and they go, there's no way that we can destroy these people. And you know what the answer is? They're right. They can't do it, but God can. And if God sees you to it, if God brings you to it, God can see you through it. But they forgot who was in charge. They thought that they were in charge. And yes, they couldn't do it, but God could. But there were two people that didn't feel that way, Caleb and Joshua. They were the only two, and we're going to read about Joshua in a minute, or next time, but they say, no, no, no. Yeah, they're big. Yeah, they're strong. But look what God can do. And because of that, they're blessed when the rest are not. And so the one big takeaway of this is, you've heard me say it already, here it is. If God brings you to it, God will see you through it, because as we're going to learn eventually, David says this. He says, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Actually, that's about uh, Zerubbabel, which will come up a whole lot later. David says something similar when he's about to fight Goliath. And so I don't know what maybe you're facing today. But can I tell you, if the Lord brings you to it, the Lord will see you through it. The Bible says, with man, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. God's been talking to us. Let's talk to him and pray, and then we're going to read our scripture, and we'll be done for today. Thank you, Father. 
that you lead us in so many ways. And sometimes you lead us through seasons that are easy. And sometimes you lead us in seasons that are right, that are difficult, that require us to put our faith in you. But Lord, we know that if you lead us to things, you will also see us through things. So we put our faith and our hope in you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God's word says in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. If no one's told you yet today, I love you. You're awesome. Hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow for Numbers chapter 14.